HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. All right, everyone, welcome. Uh, we're really excited today. We're, we're, we're embarking on a new episode of Cooking in Mexico from A to Z. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Sanchez, alongside my beautiful co-host and mom. Sarela Martinez. And what we're going to focus on today is a subject that I think is long overdue. And, you know, talking about the, the contemporary interpretations of traditional Mexican food and what are some, what are some of those chefs and pioneers that are leading the charge and they're in the front lines of this beautiful movement that's happening, not just now, but it's been happening in Mexico and other parts, even in the States, for a long time. But we're very privileged and honored to have uh, Chef Rodolfo Castellanos, who's going to be here with us today. He's a beautiful chef uh, at, at Origen, which is a wonderful contemporary restaurant in Oaxaca. He's born in Oaxaca, so that's his tierra, his home. Um, and, you know, his, he's won many different accolades. His terroir, exactly. Yeah. And he's won unbelievable recognitions, well-deserved. I mean, 2016, he was a top chef in Mexico. His culinary style is all about cultural authenticity, respect for the tradition, and the preservation of techniques alongside contemporary and French techniques, which I think is beautiful because I think Chef Rodolfo, you and I have a lot of that in common. I was part of the Nuevo Latino movement in New York City in the mid-90s which was basically what, what that kind of entails. We're going to get into your story, get into what uh, your influences are and how you started, because I think that's very important. So uh, we're going to go ahead all day and talk a little bit about, you know, your mom, uh, Avelia Reyes, and who transmitted some of that beautiful Oaxacan cuisine to you. I know that Oaxaca was probably my mom's first love outside of, of, the, north, of the north of Mexico. My mom went to Oaxaca and was completely transformed. So this is a very special episode for all of us. So, bienvenido. Muchísimas gracias, mi chef. Muchas gracias. Thank you for uh, having me here. It's an honor to chatting with you today about uh, this subject that we all love in this, in this conversation. So it's an honor. Thank you. A privilege to be with you. And also an honor to be speaking with, with uh, your mom, with Sarela, and you, este, chef. It, it's really, really nice. Thank you. 
Wonderful chef. You know that uh, I think that even though Mexican, new contemporary Mexican has been around for a long time, it has now finally reached maturity. You know, like when all the new, the new French started, you know, all of a sudden it just became incorporated into the lingo. Well, that's what happens here with Mexican, new, new, new Mexican food. I think mm. you're the, you're the epitome of a person who practices this art. Mm. And I think it's, it's important to start from the beginning, no? So what's happening is that you look at the Cordon Bleu in Mexico City and how Mexicans are being trained traditionally in kitchens, right? So you have this beautiful, uh, this beautiful uh, uh, sort of dual narrative of having the, uh, the cocineras tradicionales, you know, traditional cooks, mom at home, and then you go and you get this unbelievable training in a professional setting. And from that comes this beautiful birthplace of of this new Mexican cuisine contemporary. You want to talk a little bit about that, Rodolfo, and your upbringing and how that influenced you and your training? Yes, well, you, you say it right. Um, we had this uh, beautiful traditional uh, cooking in all in the entire country all the time and get inspired by that. But like as a, as a chef, as a, as a professional, you wanted to get a training. And well, especially when I did the culinary school, it happens uh, to be basically French trained all the way, mm -hmm. like all the, uh, the French uh, traditions, the French techniques, and basically all the, all the school programs, they were like uh, inspired into, into French uh, cooking. So all the training, I mean, among all the schools available at that time, they were like a French train uh, all the way, like I said, and and that uh, that basically influenced my my cooking uh, these days to have that base of uh, traditional Oaxacan cuisine, especially at home with my mom, and then the mix of mm -hmm. techniques and and ingredients and inspiration and the organization that you get uh, from from being educated that way so I really like it I enjoyed it very much because uh, that opens you know all the perspective uh, the perspective of, uh, of what's a professional uh, kitchen and something that I really wanted to do for a living it, it's it's what I see or I, what I saw every day at home so that was really really nice so you know I just wanted to after what Rodolfo said he, you told me that you went and uh, that you worked for Tracy de Jardin for a long time didn't you well, when when you were working with her, you told me that uh, you told me that she taught you about layering of flavors. Yeah, that that was something that I really enjoyed there. Uh, I mean, like uh, layering of flavors, we had it all the time in Mexico, I guess, with uh, like with the limon and the rajas and the peppers and the sweets from all over the place. And like the perfect sample, it's a mole, you know, like uh, something that you that you build out of like different intensity of flavors like peppers, spices, uh, the spice or the heat from the from the chiles. But along along the way, you have uh, the plantains, the fruits, the dry fruits, the spices. So you have like a whole explosion in your mouth. But that was something that I, I learned like separate, you know, like having like yeah. a piece of like a mint, uh, nuts and, uh, and something, you know, like like meat or fish and a sauce, uh, an acidity that it was coming from other sources. I mean, like, I was so familiar with sources like uh, lime, for example, all the time. So for when you have, like, capers, you have grapes, you have, I don't know, vinegars, like, different sources, that was, like, a whole uh, uh, explosion for me that I got, like, from, 
from other vision, from other training, from other cuisine that I love when I learn it to incorporate it in, in my cooking too. And, and I well, it's like a tostada. A tostada mm. is a perfect example of a simple layering of flavors. You've got the beans and yeah. the, the fried tortilla. You have the whatever chicken or whatever that you have, pickled jalapenos and pickled onions and maybe avocado. And everything hits your palate at a different time. So that's very similar to what effect tasting mm. amole is like. Yeah. And and then really quickly, so Rodolfo, so you so your your journey is Oaxacan born, you know you had this beautiful sort of uh, foundation of food at home. You went and started doing your training, and then you decide to go back home. And I think that's a huge lesson for everyone that's listening for young chefs. Say, well, I can establish myself and stay in the United States, but what was that motivation for you to come home and say, you know what? I'm going to do a restaurant called Origen, Origin. I'm coming home. That had to be a very special moment in your life. Yes. For you be able to make that decision. And, and, and it's really special. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, that, that was basically a whole uh, revelation in my, in my life, especially when, when you see it from outside. That's really important for like every cook that I know and that I admire, that you get to go somewhere else uh, besides home to get inspired, to appreciate what you have. And, and I mean, in Oaxaca, we have a lot. That's, that's something that it's not, uh, it's not a lie or something that I invented. We had it and we were very lucky, but we were, we were like seeing it every day as common. Like uh, that was every day's uh, thing that you have something that you were born with it and you don't see it like rare, you know, you don't see it like uh, different, you see it normal. But when I get to travel, I spent some time in, in France, in Monaco. I earned a scholarship after uh, culinary school. So that was like basically the first stage of my life when I see like Oaxaca as a, as a whole paradise. But I, I knew myself that I needed more training. I needed more experience. I needed to see a little bit other, other cuisines, other kitchens to learn. I mean, like the process to learn the technique, to learn uh, different recipes if you want. But the revelation came with uh, my daughter was born, my first daughter, Elisa. We were in San Francisco and the motivation was like uh, to nourish her with a culture that it was like uh, ours, you know, like I didn't want it for, for her to to be uh, born and raised in the States, which I, I love and I really care and I like and I always keep it in my heart. But for me and my foundation, that was like basically the the highest motivation to come back home and, and do something uh, where it was like a paradise basically for me, but I didn't want it to see it that way. I mean, it's easy, it's uh, it's very, uh, well, easy that that'll be the, the word in, in, some, in some way to get organized and to get all the system built for you in the States. It's a whole organization and, and here in Mexico, it's completely the opposite. You have to build everything from your from scratch. You have mm -hmm. to look for the best product available. You have to look for the source where you get inspiration. And the highest or the biggest challenge for me in Oaxaca, it was like to do something different in Oaxaca, which I mean, it was already too much for me. It was already, you, you, don't, you don't know where to start. I mean, you go to the market and you see like, oh, there is so just seasonal product, but there is like every single product in the planet, basically in Oaxaca market. So you, you, you get the opposite. You get like, fuck, this is a lot. So I, I need to, 
to do like a little, uh, so, like a little. Uh, so, mom, talk to about your first interaction at Origen because I know that you. So, so my mom basically wants to move to Oaxaca, and that's going to be her home. So, you know, she, my mom, mom, what is it? Twenty five years that you went to Oaxaca for the first time. Twenty five. Yeah, but yeah. but he, Rodolfo, the the restaurant has changed. The restaurant scene in Oaxaca has changed completely. You know, I think Rodolfo and Alejandro Diaz had a lot to do with it. But, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, absolutely. I I went there, I guess, maybe like in 2013, maybe mm-hmm. a long time ago. And you were, you, you mm-hmm. didn't you open around 2011? 2011, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he was just starting and, and I've seen the restaurant itself evolve a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. there's more deconstructed dishes like the amaranto tamal that I had recently, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's just, uh, keeps on evolving, evolving, and it's more ingredient and seasonal based now than it was mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and talk to us a little bit about the Rodolfo chef. Uh, the idea of, you know, you have Casa Oaxaca, which was like the first one that really put it on the map for all of us. You know, my sister, um, you know, uh, Sarela's daughter, Marisa, got married at Casa Oaxaca many years ago, plus 20 plus. When we started going originally, Oaxaca was sort of an untapped resource of Mexican, uh, you know, food and culture. Now it's become very popular. Now it's almost becoming like San Miguel de Allende or these places that are very much exploited by a lot of Americans that are coming down there for that that little cultural sort of infusion how have you felt over seeing the progression of Oaxaca and its cuisine grow? Well, everything, it's, uh, it's a result of like having the loop or the eye of, of like a lot of people in, in Oaxaca, found, finding Oaxaca as a destination, a food destination, a wedding destination, a mezcal destination, an art destination. It brings people from all over the place. So those influences and then uh, all the... All the information that it starts like circulating around, you get a lot of uh, or more tools to propose something. Like Sarela said, uh, I'm more oriented into into the ingredient itself, into like the source, seasonality, and everything. I, I said that the uh, idea at the beginning never changed, but it just evolved, which is I guess the, the right word. I started to do like some interpretation on French dishes, on Californian dishes, something with Oaxacan ingredients. That was the first thing. Thinking that, I mean, that was something different for Oaxaca at that time. But I realized, like, uh, we had a lot of techniques that they needed to move and to evolve. We typically overcooked the protein in, in Mexico in general with the, with the stocks, with, uh, with the things that you throw in a mole. It's, it's the most of the times it's overcooked. And then the respect of the product, it was something because you have a lot and, and it doesn't matter if you burn it, there is a lot more to, mm-hmm. to play with. So that, that was something that I tried to incorporate and separating those techniques, but respecting the flavors, respecting the foundation of the sauce of a mole or, or the ingredient. I tried to skip and put away butter, uh, creams, mustard, something that I was part of my training and I cannot deny it uh, that it was like the first uh, influence into my cooking. But after discovering now that uh, Sarela mentioned in the Amaranth, it's it's a beautiful ingredient that basically it's boring. Nobody uses it. It just you just find it into the granola mix and, and that's it. Um, but you know, but it's right. interesting that we use that chef. You hear what he said, Mom? He said 
you know, we, with the traditional cooking techniques in Mexico is, you know, put up a protein that doesn't have a lot of inherent flavor, like a turkey, a chicken, let it go and cook in a beautiful, flavorful sauce. But he's taking the idea of respecting the product, cooking it in the French technique, but having the sauce accompany it. That is what we're talking about here, in essence, right, Mom? And that idea of respecting the product, you know? But, he, but his food is not like, uh, only with a duck that I notice that it's like cooked really separately and the sauces on the bottom. Normally, his food is all incorporated, you know? Isn't it not? It's, it's built. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like your octopus. But what blew my mind is the, what, the first time I had your aguachile. Because I, that was a discovery for me. And I think you helped make, make that popular. I mean, it is so amazing. Talk to a little bit about your menu breakdown and how you do it, uh, chef. I think to my mom's point, you know, what would you like, um, people to understand when they come to origen and they come and understand your food? You know, what would you like them to, to take away from that? Well, uh, I like to, to get inspired by the season, by the product. Um, and get a variety of dishes, like trying to please every single taste of or palate uh, on, on the public. I don't. I'm not a place that you find like a super spicy sauce, a hot sauce that you get like overwhelmed with with the heat. But I like to be. Uh, I like to use heat as as necessary to enhance to potentialize other flavors to make a nice contrast, but not burn your palate. Uh, seasonality is very important. Like I said, product, small ranchers, fishermen's, uh, I mean like the, the seasons on mushrooms, it's amazing. Herbs, we have a beautiful family on herbs, corn. It takes a special place into the restaurant because origin, it comes from these theories of like the Popolu, the Mayan culture that the man comes from corn, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that it's basically the foundation of, on the menu. And then respecting French techniques, but I, I try to, like I said, like separate some uh, ingredients. Uh, speaking about like black pepper, for example, you use salt and pepper everything, but in Oaxaca you don't salt and pepper. You just you use salt, and our pepper is pimienta gorda, which is allspice. Of course, we we don't really use at all uh, black pepper, for example. So those those things I try to make an understanding with the cooks and everything that we follow some path that it's marked in terms of like the cooking and the time on the protein, but don't necessarily have to put something that is mechanic and automatic, you know, like separating those things and poaching like olive oil. We do have in the country olive oil in, in Baja, but it's something that we, we, we really had it before with the Spanish influence, with the moles, with the convents, with the Franciscans and Jesuits and everybody that stepped into Oaxaca and brought their products. That seems really logic to use olives in Oaxaca, to use cinnamon in Oaxaca, to use all these things. And Oaxaca, it's a huge influence on cultures. So that's basically the inspiration to try to break down everything. Like Sariel said, it's separate. Everything is separated because uh, I tried to incorporate all the culture that stepped into Oaxaca. For some reason, we have ingredients. We have dry shrimp. That we have a beautiful soup with cactus, like a, uh, like a neck drop uh, soup with cactus and dry shrimp and pasilla mije. But if you take the pasilla mije out, it's a, and the nopalit, it's a beautiful electro soup from China, for example, no? We have those tandoori exactly. ovens, which we, we get our own version on comiscales. And we make mm -hmm. totopos and we cook lisa instead of like pitas, you know? 
But the, those exactly. things, I try to break down all these uh, theories, all these influences, and 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 incorporating it into into dishes. And probably I make like a rub or like a marinade with the spices. It resembles to a masala, to a Chinese marinade or something, but with chiles, with the spices from 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 Mexico, with herbs. And I try to build those contrasts on flavors and different uh, bases or marinades with with chintex, like with uh, chiles, with fruits. And, and and try to to get that. So the variety on the menu, you please somebody that wants to really enjoy a piece of meat, but also you have a vegetarian or vegan dishes, and then you have this coastal uh, cooking from aguachiles, from zarandeados, from octopus, that is really something unique from our culture. But in Oaxaca, we don't have like the tradition that they do more in the north, like Sinaloa, for example, Nayarit, mm -hmm. and now Baja, or that they have beautiful uh, seafood. We do have beautiful seafood, but our water is not as cold, so the fat content in the fish is, is different, and the treating the fish, we need to work on that a lot for, for the fishermen to understand like the product is decreasing their quality as soon as it's out of the water. So it's something that they, it brings uh, a challenge with education, but I like to, you know, to mix all this, uh, like concepts into the into the yeah. recipes trying to like showcase it into a menu Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Well, you know, I want to get into the desserts, you know, because... One of the, the things that I had, not on this trip, this one, this trip we had a very interesting corn dish. There was a dessert. Was it like an ice cream or what was it? Because everything seems to be going cold now, corn now. Corn, yeah. Corn, it's a, everybody's crazy about corn. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that you had like a raspberry thing last time that was heavenly. Well, we, we, do, we do have uh, lots of fruits and basically dessert is something in Oaxaca that is not necessarily inspired by technique, uh, like French technique, for example. In this case, the sweets are more a cookie, more a, a side dish of a nieve, mm -hmm. of a, some sort of like a, or ice cream version, but we don't have like desserts, like plated desserts. So it's even, it's a cookie, it's a meringue. It's something that, so, so what we were trying to do with the sweets is also uh, uh, our, our first uh, inspiration is the product. So if you count that in Oaxaca, we have cacao, we have vainilla, we have, I mean, you, you, the fruits, you name it, and, and we probably had. 
So it's everything. It's beautiful and depending on the regions. So, Rodolfo, a question I have for you. We know the, the, the great chefs from uh, Titan del Valle. We know all of the all the different surrounding villages where they have specific markets on certain days. We're talking to Sachia, uh, Mitla, all the different places, right? So when, you, when you're going about, do you have some of these local traditional cooks come to your restaurant and do dinners and like bring in the local communities, you know? Um, and, and you know, and have special moments for like that. I mean, the big uh, stage it's uh, this festival that it's uh, El Saber del Sabor that is started with Alejandro Ruiz back in 2010, basically. So the first time that I came into Oaxaca and I got related and and start to make some uh, friends, like new friends, because I was out of Oaxaca for like 10 years or something, getting trained and stuff. They, they opened the door for me that it was a revelation and something really nice because they said like, hey, we're incorporating chefs from all over the country. We're inviting all the cocineras tradicionales. We're trying to recognize their value because they were like always abuelitas and moms and they were like mm-hmm. amazing cooks, but nobody were, uh, they, they were not given the, the credit of, of what they mean in, in, in reality for, for Mexican food. So we, we, we try to work with them along with the product because uh, the, uh, being cocinera traditional is something that, I mean, they're cocineras because they were born in Teotitlan or in Ocotlan or somewhere. But, but mm-hmm. the side work or the side job is it's to be growing corn, squash, their milpas, their like, uh, goats, mm-hmm. their chickens, so, or they're like uh, artesanos, weavers, or they, they work with ceramics, uh, pottery. So they... The family it always brings something on the side, not just not just traditional foods. And if you take that Oaxaca, it's a whole variety on regions. There is a lot of coincidences in into the dishes. And it's also a matriarchal society. The Zapotecs mm-hmm. are oh, yeah. very matriarchal. So las mujeres mandan. Las mujeres mandan. Como, como en, mi, en mi vida, the, the women run everything. Same <laughs> so, here. Same right, here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same here. Exactly. To a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, Not really. but, but like, yeah. so so what is beautiful is to to learn from them. I, I I try to cook as much as as we can. So I have been cooking with Olga, with uh, Aurora from Sandunga, from the Ismos, with Bella also from the Ismos, and in Teotitlan I learn from Raquel some dishes from Wicatlan. So it's it's beautiful to to get that inspiration because the menu of origin coming back to that uh, right now it's a whole compilation of, of the regions of Oaxaca. I mean, we do it our way and, and probably I, I'll just say like, okay, I'm not from there. So this is my interpretation. I, I'm just safe, you know, Exactly. because it's like, they say like the worst enemy of a Oaxacan guy, it's another Oaxacan. <laughs> because, yes. but it's not the enemy. It's they're defending their pride, of, uh, the, the pride of being from the coast. And then you're never going to be able to do totally. uh, tamal de tichindas as they do it in the coast, that's for sure. But I probably get like uh, some mussels from Baja and then I use a local chili from the valleys where I get that inspiration to build the the recipes in, in Oaxaca. But it's a, it's something really nice that it's happening like lately with, with Oaxaca community of, of cooks between tra- the traditional cocineras and chefs and new chefs and, and people that it's been cooking all their life. That we get along really well, I guess. We understand that. I mean, Oaxaca is so big and so vast that it's a huge cake that we cannot eat it by ourselves. So sharing uh, techniques, sharing products, sharing, uh, I mean, uh, purveyors, 
and fishermen and everything. It's something that helps to build and a stronger community of, of chefs or restaurants. The options are very similar in a way, but the settings are completely different and the attention and the service is completely different. So you, you work, you're working basically with the same ingredients, if you want, with the same regions, with the same inspiration, but different takes on, on the personal, uh, uh, like, take on, on, on chefs and cuisineers. Yeah, I do. I have the, you know, when I, when I was there the last time, I, I decided I would make a Veracruz and lunch. And, and Rodolfo sent one of his uh, students who mm -hmm. did, and he actually did all the food by himself, and he was, it was, he was brilliant. You know, so he's training a whole other, a whole other people. And so Rodolfo made this comment that, you know, because I said it would be great to open a Veracruz and restaurant. And he agreed because, um, because after four days, people are sick of Moris. You know, let's face it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it comes a little bit, a little bit much. Yeah, I get a it. A little bit right. much, yes. I, uh, yeah. A friend said like he'll become, uh, he will become at Layuda after the third day if he still doesn't <laughs> work. Exactly. That's empapado. You know, it's like yeah, you start becoming like you know. Yeah, so I into the dough. Exactly. Exactly. So what? So what are your favorite ingredients to work with? I mean, I, I love. Uh, Herbs, kelites, it's something that we had it. They're very affordable. They're all year-round available. And each of them, they have like a special flavor, as same as, as chiles. Dried chiles is something that we have to understand after like using them a lot and learning and burning them all and, and restart again and, and trying and trying and trying. But like the simplest things of like uh, herbs, corn, nopales, chile, that's the foundation of or milpa, you know, like or milpa, it's mm -hmm. the perfect system uh, around the agriculture, that everything works perfectly. I think we should sad. define the milpa for our listeners. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's growing three plants or four plants together so that each one provides like a, a nutrient or a shade or whatever. Yeah, so you, shade. You, you yeah. know, so you grow tomatoes and chilies. And, and corn, the beans, the, and, and, and they beans. protect the leaves, protect the others, and it's just this beautiful cycle of nutrients and you know symbiotic existing with ingredients, but they're based on the pre-Hispanic ingredients, right? The Mesoamerican uh, ingredients, which is corn, chile, cacao, you know, squashes, herbs, beans, you know, the whole thing. So just for people that are listening. To not get confused with the milpa is. Yeah, milpa, yeah. milpa they have different, yeah. like, trinities, if you want. You have, like, squash beans and corn. You have other ones uh, around, depending on the region, also in the country, the season that they, like, harvest. They, like, put the seeds on the on the ground, waiting for the rains. There is irrigation systems that they have uh, changed a little bit, like the companion on the, on the herbs around. But it's something that it's always present. It's a base of our... Uh, for diet in, in Mexico, for sure. Well, you know, I'm, I'm doing a new book on building blocks, which is, uh, you know, like, let's say pico de gallo or salsa, and you that's a base recipe, and then you use that to make many other dishes. So what are some of the Oaxacan building blocks? Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, we, we had this conversation in the past before with Sarela, and it's a brilliant I, I, idea and a brilliant concept. 
because we we have like our mother sauces like in French culture you have the mm -hmm. bechamel you have the demis you have the I don't know the the other uh, based uh, uh, salsas well we do have the same thing in different uh, layers of of dishes if you build a pico de gallo you have three ingredients uh, that will be a whole coincidence in like 20 other salsas so that's something really really nice and really beautiful if you char them if you boil them if you leave it raw if you smoke it or let it dry sun dry whatever it's it's something brilliant that it needs to be recognized as a as a whole system of uh, cooking if you if you want so that's something really really nice that we have no, no, the thing is that what I'm thinking is you take the pico de gallo, saute it, add eggs, and, and totopos, and you've got huevos a la mexicana. Or you, mm. or you saute it, add herbs, you, I mean, spices like cinnamon, cloves, and cumin, which is one of the trinities of Mexican spice mixtures, and you cook fish in it, and you've got my snapper hash. Mm. Or you saute it and add zucchini and and, and, and corn, and you have calabacitas con queso. So, mm. do you have anything that you can give me that I can use? <laughs> for, for like uh, that uh, formula? Yeah, for, uh, well, typically Oaxaca in combination. No, no, but a corolla, uh, you know what I mean? Like, corolla, no, don't do, you know what I mean? She's going to ask you for information, Rodolfo. So Absolutely, just I mean, love, I all of, I'm uh, an open book here <laughs> as much as I, I know because, <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my information <laughs> is, is limited, but, like, I can get, like, sources of, of those. Uh, of course. Of those. I mean, like, spice combination, it's something really nice. Like, the fruit combination, it's something that, that it ended up into, especially moles, you know, like, because mole, I always... I can take a mole base, for example, with guajillo, which is the most popular, and three spices that can be all spice, cinnamon, and what else, and cloves. And then from that, you go into a manchamantel, you go into a coloradito, you go into yeah, exactly. I don't know, another fruit, like a and, and stuffing what, for chili rellenos or something like that. And one of the things that we've done, Rodolfo, at our restaurant is we take, when we make our mole, and, you know, we keep, we try to keep it all together, all of the textures, but then we'll pass it and we'll take all of the chiles and all the nuts and then we dry that out and that becomes a, a, a spice blend for a steak. Yeah. And then we make a mole rub. So we dry it out overnight. That's beautiful. You know what I mean? And sheets and all the byproduct, all the byproduct from mole becomes cross-utilized and it becomes this beautiful rub for a steak. It's yeah, yeah, you can make like a some you know sort I mean? of like a salsa matcha or or something. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, or like rub, right now, you know, simple rub. Yeah, yeah. So there's ways to do different it. ways, exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Do you have cooking classes? We do have cooking classes. Actually, the the project of Origen started as a cooking class program. It, it was called Academia de Cocina Oaxaca. <laughs> that, yeah. that, totally. that, that was the first idea of, of having a place for tourists, for friends, for people that was interested in learning something uh, about uh, cooking. It can be like a paella, it can be a pasta dish, it can be a tamale glass or something. That basically the first inspiration of my partners at that moment, it was like to have a space where we can all share recipes but since we have the cocineras tradicionales, why not to invite one cocinera from the Istmus to, to teach us how to make a garnacha or to make a tamale from uh, corn or tamales de cambrai? And or, in the the, other or, the meat, the, or the meatloaf. 
exactly or the meatloaf and in the other half we have like this spanish chef related with us with like uh, all the the friends that they were around like say like come and spend uh, two or three days in oaxaca share with us a few recipes and then i mean they always love it to come because it is it's not something that it's mine it's 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 ours as as mexicans i'd say it's like they always uh, taking and getting more that they than what they share with us so that that was like the the whole attractive to for a friend from mexico city from baja to say like hey you want to spend some time in oaxaca and say like fuck yeah man but of course i want to be there because they were learning so what's happening right now which is always beautiful to to see it and to recognize it that you see menus like in london in the u.s in the northern uh, states in the country that they're all incorporating oaxacan ingredients which is beautiful yeah. to see Chapulines, So here's a real question, Yeah. It contestas así con, con mucho cuidado, ¿no? So, do we invite your mom, my mom, as a, uh, a cocinera tradicional, no? Or do we do that? And have her come and you cook a meal, my mom and you guys, and then how we define her. <laughs> ¿Eres una cocinera tradicional, mami, o no? ¿A, a tu punto en tu carrera o con, cómo? Se me hace que sí. Particularly, <laughs> particularly in the Veracruz book, because I didn't know enough about the cuisine. Now yeah. I, that is a base for me. You know, mm -hmm. but I have to tell you an anecdote. I know that you do catering brilliantly and that you mentioned weddings. So I went with all my problems to, to Gira and, uh, and Jonathan's wedding and you catered this event in a, in a place that was totally empty. You took stoves. He had a fish for every table. He had lamb chops. I mean, it was amazing. So when it came time to uh, to give a toast, I stood up and asked to give a toast, not to Yira and to Jonathan, but the toast for, to Rodolfo because he pulled <laughs> this thing off so beautifully. So if, if you're planning your wedding in Oaxaca, think of Rodolfo to do it because he'll be rest and, and you won't have any problems. Yeah, that thank would you, be thing, right? And of course, and I, we are so inspired by you. You have to understand that, Rodolfo. As us chefs in, in, in the States and up there, we represent our culture up north. But you have a beautiful narrative because you've been able to do both. You went up, you did your time, and you came back home. Yes. Regresaste de la tierra. And, that, and that's really El beautiful. De la tierra, you know, you did, you know. Sí, sí, I, I guess I guess for me... For me, it was beautiful to, to do this as, as a commitment that I did uh, in some point. Um, when I finished culinary school, I earned this scholarship that I mentioned. It. I spent a year in Monaco, in, in France, basically. And, and the idea of this, of, this, uh, of this guy, he did all his fortune in, in Mexico in the 50s or something. So in the way to retribute uh, Mexico's all, all he did, he was like giving the scholarship to Mexican students. The first time, I mean, the first uh, option was architecture because he was an architect for profession. But uh, I mean, like Monaco culture and all, everything that it surrounds there is it's based on uh, uh, hospitality. So it takes chefs and people that are working in the front of uh, hotels and restaurants. And the commitment was to go and learn and then get back with all this knowledge and share it with your people, with Mexican, to professionalize a little more like... Uh, like the service in Mexico, because I mean, or 
nuestra vocación es completamente uh -huh. turística en Oaxaca, ¿no? I mean, if you're an artesano, you're speaking English because you need it, no, no because it's something that it's trendy or, or something, That's right? That's a great point that you just said. So, Absolutely. so for for me, it was like a some sort of, sorry, so some sort of commitment to to come back home and to share. So, like the the guy that was helping Sarela, he finished culinary school with his training, but in Oaxaca. So, what is beautiful right now is like Oaxacan students they they got the opportunity now with the information that it's surrounded in the internet, but also the experience that we can share with them so they not get surprised for what they see in Europe or in the United States or in other countries that it's happening basically the same move. And everything is going back to our roots or basis. So it's it's really nice to that that I had this opportunity and share with with like younger cooks, understanding that it's a professional a profession and it's more than a profession, it's a craft that you have to have it in your heart all the time. It's a vocation. Exactly. Because it's, because it's a tough thing, and if you want to get in that business, you have to love it. You have to love it so much that, that that's the only way you'll be happy if you're doing that. Absolutely. And in that, on those words, unfortunately, the time has passed, mm. you know, running like crazy, as usual. And, but it was such a pleasure to have you, to see you, because I miss you. And, and uh, I, I'm just honored that you were here with us today. Well, it's a pleasure. So please, uh, Chef Rodolfo Castellano, can you please ex explain to everybody how they can, get, they can engage you? How can they send you an email, go to Origen in, in, in Oaxaca, and, and continue to support you, please? Well, thank you. Uh, we're Origen, Oaxaca. We're downtown Oaxaca, very close to the Zócalo. Actually, it's a beautiful setting, an old colonial house in the middle or in the centro, basically, or like or redes sociales or social media. It's Origen at Origen Wax uh, for Instagram, which is right now like the easiest and the better way. And everything ended up like with Origen Oaxaca. So if you write us an email, you just can... Uh, type Rodolfo at OrigenOaxaca.com and we'll be there. Or or uh, our website is www.OrigenOaxaca.com. So everything is around Origen Oaxaca. So you you basically find us really easy. Origen. It exactly. is spelled Origen. O R I G E N. Exactly. Origen. <laughs> yes, and everything you need from from us in, in Oaxaca will be flatter to to have you here and to hear from you and to share with you and anything you need i mean we're like we said an open book to for people that really enjoy food uh they really enjoy oaxaca and they wanted to come and for us it's always a pleasure to share more than more than everything because we had it that uh since we were born like we were had like full hands on on, on everything especially the love of our and there's a motorcycle <laughs> yes it's it's a neighbor he just yeah. like He was bringing tortillas, though. Andale. But we have to be so grateful today. So we've been talking about contemporary interpretations of traditional Mexican food. I'm cooking in Mexican from A to Z. Uh, of course, myself, Aaron Sanchez, alongside my beautiful mother, Sarela Martinez. We're bringing you on Heritage Radio Network all this beautiful content from chefs and experts in the food world that help bring to light the beautiful utilization of Mexican ingredients and cultural references. And that's why we're here 
to enlighten you guys and give beautiful brillo or understanding to these beautiful leaders in our industry. So we're really happy, Rodolfo, for your time. Please make it make a, uh, an effort to go down and visit with him in Oaxaca at his beautiful restaurant origen. Hasta luego. Thank you, thank you. Hasta luego. Cooking in Mexican from A to Z is powered by Simple Cast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without your support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Yeah.